Hello, my Release, Redeem, Restore fam. I'm so excited to get started today talking about God's provision. Last week, we talked about how God loves us and how trials make our faith stronger. So we're kind of going in that same direction today, how God's provision can make our faith stronger. So in um, we're going to be in 1 Kings 17 today. Yeah, 1 Kings 17. And I'm going to read the first like five verses to you right now. So let's get started. Now Elijah is the Tishbite from Gilead, Gilead settlers said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives in the, whose presence I stand, there will be no dew or rain during these years except by my command. The word of the Lord came to him, leave here, turn eastward and hide at the Wadi Cherith where, there is in, where it enters Jordan. You are to drink from the Wadi. When I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he proceeded to do what the Lord commanded him. Elijah left and lived at the Wadi Kareth, where enters the Jordan. And the ravens kept bringing him bread and meat in the morning and in the evening. And he would drink from the Wadi. After a while, the Wadi dried up because there had been no rain in the land. So think with me and let's look at the lens of Elijah. He had to go to the king, this evil, destructive king who did not like the Lord. He had to go to him and tell him, yeah, you know, your crops, you know, the everything's going to die because there's no water in the land. How scary that must have been for him. And but he didn't even... It does not say in the Bible that he was scared to tell the king. It just says he went. Okay. If we look in verse 2, it says the Lord came to him and told him to go and hide at the Wadi Kareth, where it enters Jordan. And you are, able, you are going to drink there. And I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. These are significant things, okay? The wadi, I looked it up yesterday, and the wadi is actually a, a river. It's a stream that only comes when there's a lot of rain. Let me say that again. A wadi is only, it's a riverbed that's only there <coughs> when there is a lot of rain. Didn't the Bible just say that there was going to be no rain, but God wanted Elijah to go to where there needed to be a lot of rain to even have water. And Elijah just went, he said, okay, you say to go, I'm going. What huge faith. And he said, he's going to send the ravens to provide. Did you know that a According to the law of Moses, the law that the Jewish people and the Israelites followed, ravens were a forbidden food. Yet God was providing for Elijah with ravens. Just think about that for a moment. God was using 
water that had to be like what he's using a stream that needed more rain when there was no rain he's using a raven which is a forbidden food not kosher not clean to bring him food for provision This is God showing his power, his provision. It's kind of like that moment when you hear in like Isaiah, when it says, I make streams in the deserts. I am doing a new thing. Yet, and we see that, like he is going to make this wilderness blossom. He is going to use these things that should not be providing sustenance to provide what he needed to live keep a hold of that okay let's move on to the next part of this chapter chapter 17 of first kings verse 8 the word of the lord came to him so came to elijah get up and go to zarephath there that belongs to sidon and stay there Look, I have commanded a woman who is a widow to provide for you there. So Elijah got up and went to Zarephath. He arrived in the city gate. There was a widow gathering wood. Elijah called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup and let me drink. And as she went to get it, he said to her, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I don't have anything baked only a handful of flour in a jar and a bit of oil in the jug. Just now I'm gathering a couple of sticks in order to go prepare it for myself and my son so we can eat it and die. Then Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go and do as I have said. But first, make me a small loaf from it and bring it out to me. Afterward, you may make some for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The flour jar will not become empty and the oil jug will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain to the surface of the land. So she proceeded to do according to the word of Elijah. Then the woman, t- uh, then the woman Elijah, and her household ate for many days. The j- flour jar did not become empty and the oil jug did not run dry according to the word of the Lord he had spoken through Elijah. What a powerful story of provision again. God used this woman who had no faith. She had no reason to have faith. She was dying because she had no food left. There was no water left, no oil left, no flour left for her and her son. She was walking out to find the last bit of wood so she could burn a fire so she could create the food for their last meal. What a place of brokenness to even be able to say that out loud. Yeah, I'm going to die. Yeah, I don't have enough. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not, there's not enough. 
But watch what happens. She believed. She grabbed onto that hope that she could live. And friends, I believe that sometimes that has to happen to us. But we have to suffer just a little bit. Feel broken. So then God can come in and provide in massive ways. It's kind of like what we talked about last week with First Peter. Suffering brings refining fire. And through that, the character of our faith grows. This woman, this widow, she's felt rejection. She's felt devastation. She's a widow. That means her husband has died. In that time of the the world, that means she was basically scum of the earth. She didn't have anyone to help her out. She didn't have money. Because normally the man would be the one making the money. She had one son. And that's all she had. She had what was in her house. And that's all she had. And it was little. She was about to say. I give up. But she grabs onto this hope. Because God intervened in her situation. And it says God had commanded. The Lord had commanded her to support him. It says here that she had to bake a loaf before she baked it for herself. She thought she was going out into the field that day to get the wood so she could make her last piece of bread for herself and her child. But God said, Give it to my servant first, then to yourself. Let's take it into context for us today. Have you ever given tithe or given money, given your first fruits, your first 10% to God and seen him come through? If not, I challenge you to do it. If not, seriously, just do it. Because it happens the same as in the story. God provided because you trusted in him and had faith and hope that he would provide in return. And it's not just a return of the exact money that she gave. The exact thing she gave. She only gave one loaf. Look what it provided for her because she gave that one loaf to this prophet who was God sent to her in this moment. She gave one loaf of bread. But listen, she was given enough materials in her house that it never run dry until the end of the famine. Until the end of the water crisis that they were dealing with. God provided for her because she provided for God. And gave back to God what was God's. Do we have that same faith 
Are we broken enough to know that we need other people to help us? Are we broken enough to see that we need God in our lives to provide? I think this pandemic has done a great job of that. Has <laughs> done a great job of that, making sure that we know that we're not we we are not capable of living this life alone. We have seen a lot this year that we would have never seen. And I pray to God, anyone who's listening, that this trial that we're going through in 2020 would launch us into this next season of life. And it would, this refining fire of 2020 would refine us clean enough and strong enough to catapult us into this next season of life with faith that will not fail us. Let's read on. (coughs) 17. After this, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. His illness got worse until he stopped breathing. And she said to Elijah, man of God, why are you here? Have you come to call my attention to my iniquity so that my son is put to death? But Elijah said to her, give me your son. So he took him from her arms, brought him upstairs to the room where he was staying, laid him on his own bed, and he cried out to the Lord saying, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy on this woman I am staying with by killing her own son? Then he stretched out himself over the body three times. He cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, my God, please let this boy's life come again. And so the Lord listened to Elijah and the boy's life came into him again and he lived. Then Elijah took the boy and brought him down to the upstairs from the upstairs room into the house and gave him to his mother. Elijah said, look, your son is fine. Then the woman said to Elijah, Now I know you are a man of God, and the Lord's word from your mouth is true. So we see in this, like, because of her faith, she sees that God is big enough. She didn't know, though, okay? She didn't know that God was big enough. And sometimes we don't know that God is big enough to heal our wounds, to heal things in our lives, to give us miracles. We don't know that God is big enough to do those things. So we ask him those hard questions. We're like, is this why you're here? Is this why you brought me to 2020? Just to show me that I'm broken. Is this why you brought 2020 to us so you could show us that I'm not enough? Is this why you brought 2020 coronavirus to show us that we fail as being a community in our country? Is this why you brought it to us? That you could show our sins, dear God? But I want to come and say this. I believe that God brought 2020 to us so we could see that God provides for his children. So we can know that God 
it's true. That God brings provision in crazy ways. If you've seen God provide in crazy ways, I want you to put it in the chat. How has God provided for you in this time? Now, don't get me wrong. There has been many times during this pandemic, during this crazy year, that I wanted to give up. That I said, I'm done. But God still provided. And it might have been a silly way. Like, okay, here we go. I was... God provided for me because I wasn't having to pay for my student loans. That gave me another extra few dollars that provided for me. I was living with my grandma, helping her out. And God provided for us by giving us people who were able to help when we needed it, giving us financial help when we needed it. Put in the chat ways that God provided. This last week, God provided for me because I handed out money to this homeless person. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for that, for this next thing that's coming in for the bills. I don't know. But the Lord said, give it your money. So I said, okay, surely, surely, surely it's yours. So I give the money. And then I see an email that said, hey, remember this cash back that you had on your credit card? Well, you got the cash back and you got $30 and I already had a 20 in my car. So I had, that was the exact money that I had just given. Think about this silly ways, like making it, praise the Lord that pandemic happened when it was warm outside (laughs) and it wasn't cold. So we could be outside some. Maybe someone brought you some food. Think about the small ways that God provided for you during this time. Provided a text message. Provided a a message on through a song. What have you seen God do this year that you wouldn't have seen him do any other time? Because this woman in this story, she if Elijah wouldn't have come in, she would have died. If God didn't provide, her son would have died. And she's like, excuse me, why are you here? What are you doing? Why is my son being put to death? And Elijah says, hey, stop, wait, wait, just listen. I'm going to go with your son. I'm going to take your issue. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to bring it back to you. And then because of that provision, she knows that God is true. If she would never had gone through this trial... She would have not known that God's word is true. Was it terrifying for her? Absolutely. Was it hard for her? Absolutely. But now she knows that God is true. So trials in our lives, trials in our lives, they're not easy. They're not. They're really hard. But because it's hard, we can see that God provides. Maybe it's not as fast as we want sometimes. But he still provides. 
And maybe it's not in the way that you want. Maybe you want to see it happening. This woman, she had to let her son go. It says that, right? She she brought her son to him. And then he says, give me your son. And he took the son from her arms. Can you imagine? She couldn't. She had to stand outside of the room, down the stairs. It says she was downstairs and Elijah took the boy upstairs. Can you imagine? There's been times in your life that that's happened. I know it. Because it's happened in mine. Where you're like, Jesus, I give you this. Or we come to Jesus. We don't even give it to him. We just say, excuse me, why is this happening? I don't understand why this is a thing. And then God says, I'll take it. And he takes it upstairs and we're just still like, excuse me, are you taking the thing? Are you taking it? Are you working on it? I don't know. Are you working on it? And he says, I got you. I got you. I'm fixing it right now. And he's up there praying over it. He's up there in his little heaven. Not little, what I'm talking about. He's in his little, I'm just being kidding. But like, he's up there fixing the thing. He's doing the miracle. He's working on it. But we don't know what he's doing behind the scenes. Just know that God is able to fix things. But sometimes we have to give it to him. We have to let him pray over it. We have to let him fix the issue. And we just have to sit there and wait. Because let me read this to you again. So it says, The woman asked God, oh, asked Elijah, and he said, she said, Why are you here? What is happening? My son is dying. Elijah said to her, Give me your son. So he, Elijah, took the boy from her arms and then Elijah cried out to the Lord and he said he had to pray three times over the boy it took longer than the lady had expected than even Elijah had expected he it took time the trial that you are dealing with might take time it might not be over yet but don't discount that God isn't working because I know that he works behind the scenes I know he works in the invisible and that's what faith is my friends faith is in things that are not seen hoping in the things that are not seen all we have to do is hope and have faith that it can happen. What I would love is to see this woman again in the Bible. It doesn't share, share any more about her story. But I would have loved to see what happened after this. Because we are able to see that Elijah, he had faith in God in the beginning of this chapter. He had faith to go to the wadi to be hidden, to get food from the unclean animal. And then he had bigger faith to ask the woman to feed him, knowing that God was going to provide the food. And then he had even bigger faith, knowing that God was going to provide life for his son. 
I would love to see what this widow woman, what happened to her. What happened to her after she saw this one thing of provision for food. After she saw this thing come true with provision for the life of her son. What happened next? Because you know that the faith, when we see one thing happen from God, we see the tiny thing and we're like, that happened. Wow, that is so cool. And then you see the next thing happen and you have bigger faith because you can jump into it saying, God's got this. I wonder what she did next. So we don't get to see what the woman did next. But we do get to see what Elijah does next. So if you look at chapter 18, 1 Kings chapter 18, we see that there is going to be rain in the land. But we don't know when yet. But there is going to be rain in the land. Okay. So the next thing that he says is... In verse 20. So Ahab summoned all the Israelites and gathered the prophets at Mount Carmel. Then Elijah approached all the people and said, How long will you waver between the two options? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the Lord, I mean, but the people didn't answer him a word. And Elijah said to the people, Am I the only remaining prophet of the Lord? But Baal's prophets are 45. Let two bulls be given to us. They are to choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces and place it on the wood, but not to light a fire. I will prepare the other bull and place it on the wood, but not light a fire. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord, the God who answers with fire. He is God. All the people answered, that's fine. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Since you are so numerous, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first. Then call on the name of the Lord your God and don't light the fire. So they did that. And let me tell you, this is a great story. So you should go read it for yourself. But they they try to go and they prepare their bull. And they start chanting, crying out, praying. Morning until noon. And he just keeps... They literally, in one part of the story, they cut themselves with knives and spears. And their blood is gushing all over them. And they just kept on chanting and trying to get their God to answer. And it was literally until the evening that they're doing this. No one had answered them. So then in verse 30, Elijah said to the people... Come near to me. So all the people approached him. And he repaired the Lord's altar. Okay. He put all the things up again. And he says. He. Y'all. He made a trench around the altar. He That could hold four gallons of water. Then he says. Fill up the water. They get four. Four water pot, Four water pots. And then he said. Do it again. So eight water pots water pots now then a third time so we have 12 gallons of water on this altar in normal life if something is if we have wood that is wet it won't burn it won't start a fire like you can't set it on fire it won't work you can only do it with dry wood so third verse 36 
At the time for the offering of the evening sacrifice, the prophet Elijah approached the altar and said, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, that at your word I have done all these things. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so that this people will know that you, the Lord, are God, and that they have turned their backs on you. totally read that one answer me lord answer me so that this people will know that you the lord are god and that you have turned their hearts back then the lord's fire fell and consumed the whole burnt offering the wood the stones the dust and it licked up all the water that was in the trench and when the people saw it they fell down on their face and said lord he is god the lord he is god And he says, seize the prophets of Baal. Don't even let one of them escape. And Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink. For there is a sound of a rainstorm coming. So we see in this passage, in this story, that you should read for yourselves in 1 Kings 18, that that God had really provided again. But Elijah's faith was bigger. His faith in the beginning of the story in chapter 17, it was small, right? It was just him and God. And then it got wider. Him, God, a widow and her family. His faith got bigger because he saw God provide and give him the power to lay hands and see someone come to life. So we see in this passage, he's not even flinching. He is like, oh, you're going to choose that? Let me show you. My God is bigger. My God is powerful. So he just drenches the whole thing in water. He makes it impossible. Because he's seen God do the impossible. He's seen God provide for him at the wadi. He's seen God provide from the ravens. He's seen God provide for the widow and his son, her son. He has seen God provide for his son, the son to be raised again. So he has no restraint in his faith his his faith is ginormous now his faith is huge he says oh we're we're good my god he'll he'll just whip up this offering with fire like he's asking for fire from heaven his faith had grown from these trials your faith can do that too because of this trial of the famine we see elijah's faith grows bigger and bigger and bigger but it doesn't stop there in verse 40 42 so ahab went to eat and drink but elijah went to the summit of carmel he bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees then he said to his servant go look up and look toward the sea so he went up and looked and said there's nothing seven times elijah said go back On the seventh time, the servant reported, There's a cloud as small as a man's hand coming up from the sea. And Elijah said, Go and tell Ahab, Get your chariot ready and go down to the rain. Go down so the rain doesn't stop you. In a little while, the sky grew dark with the clouds and the wind, and there was a downpour. So Ahab got in his chariot and went to Jezreel. The power of the Lord was on Elijah. 
and he tucked his mantle under his belt and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. I wanted to read this part of this story because this is important. Yes, Elijah's faith was massive. Yes, Elijah's faith got bigger because it grew because of the trials he was in. But he still had to wait and he still had to press through the waiting and have faith through that. And that is where I want to challenge you today. Even when you have big faith, that doesn't mean that God's going to provide right when you want him to provide. Elijah and his servant, they had to pray seven times. The first time he had to pray, he only had to pray three times for the kid to come back alive. This time he had to pray seven. So when we ask for big things and when our faith gets bigger, that means that there's going to be more time to wait because God wants our faith to even get bigger and get stronger. So that means that every time that he prayed and didn't see anything, he didn't give up. So I'm resting you. I am challenging you. I am praying for you. I am just right here beside you. When you pray and nothing has happened yet, Y-E-T, yet, nothing has happened yet, do not give up. It does not mean that God is not there for you. It doesn't. It does not mean that God is not there. It just means it's not time yet. It means you have to wait. Do not give up. He is working when we do not see it. (laughs) Elijah's servant said, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. Nope, still not there. Still not there. Still not there. Oh my goodness, I see something, but it's super small. (coughs) And then it became big. Don't give up. I'm going to give you a story of how I didn't give up because it's a big story and I want you to hear it. It's a testimony to God's faithfulness. I pray in 2017 for a dear friend of mine that they would have purpose, that they would feel God's presence in their lives, that they would be surrounded by community, and that they would find love. Those are the four things that I'd pray, probably more than that, but I'll say those four things right now. Those four things are what I prayed. And I was praying hard. I was praying massively, crying when I was praying. And 2018, I was still praying. Give him purpose. Give him reasons to live. Give him community. Let him find love. Prayed in 2019, those same things. And 2020, I see those things coming to pass. I see him finding love. I see him having purpose. I see him finding gifts that God has given him and him honing them, him working on them to make sure that they're crafted well. 
if I would have given up my praying for this dear friend, he would have never gone to school for art. He would have never been where he is right now because of my prayers for him. He would have never found the love of his life if I wouldn't have prayed for him for years, y'all, for years. I've known this guy since 2015, and now I'm sitting here in 2020, and I'm praying for those still things still now. I have not given up hope knowing that God is going to provide those things for him because I've seen those little glimmers I've seen this year. <laughs> this year I've seen him go to art school. I've seen him doing murals at different churches. I've seen him shining a light in a world that doesn't normally have light. I've seen him start loving people better, <laughs> loving people more. And I've seen his heart change to literally finding the love of his life. God is working even when we can't see him. So pray big things. Be brave. Be bold. Be confident. Reach out. Let me know what I can be praying for. You can DM me in the Release, Redeem, Restore Instagram page. Let me know what you need prayer for. We are surrounding each other. We can be in a community to let these things come to pass. So, be good. Do good things. Have faith and never give up. Because God is working, even if we have to wait seven times for him to come through. Take some time this week to really think about that for yourself. When have you had faith? Have you had a moment of faith? Know that God is working in the waiting. We know that God is working in the trial to make your faith stronger. Your faith is growing. Believe in that, friends. Your faith is growing. Trust in him. Believe in him. He is working when we don't even know. And he will show up in the craziest ways. Only to show you. That he loves you and that he provides for his children. So journal about it. Pray about it. Ask God to, pro- uh, to show you where he's providing. He is providing. If we are asking him to do so. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for these men, women, children of you listening to this today. I pray that your words came across clearly. Let any words that I said that were not yours flee and let your words cling to the hearts. 
God, I thank you so much for this story of Elijah and the widow. I thank you so much for letting him be a picture of how big our faith can be, and even when it seems like nothing will come true. You are big, Father. You have big things in store for us. So I ask that this week we are able to come to you. We are able to see through your lens, seeing where you are providing for us. Provide, dear God, provide for these children of yours who are seeking you, in need of you. Provide. You are worthy of our praise and we only want you to provide so we can give you the glory that you deserve so that we know that your word is true. You you are amazing and we lift your name up knowing that you will provide for us now and you will provide for us in the future. Give us faith now. Give us bigger faith tomorrow. Give us even bigger faith in the next few days ahead. In your precious name we pray. Amen.